Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Mel. I'm Katie. And we're your hosts. This week we watched The Greatest Showman, directed by Michael Gracie and released in 2017. The plot of The Greatest Showman goes something like this. A musical inspired, and definitely loosely inspired, by the origins of P.T. Barnum's circus. And uh, as as we have been doing, um, we'll do a quick spoiler-free section where we talk about whether we think you should see the film and then we'll move into more spoilery territory. So, Katie, should people see this movie? Um, I mean, yes. I thought it was fine. I think, you know, it's a good family movie. Everybody in my family loved it. Um, it has some good songs in it. You get to see Zac Efron and Zendaya and Hugh Jackman dancing and singing and Keela Settle, who's amazing. So, yes, but... With the caveat that this is has a lot of problems, not just as a film, but also like in its uh, representation of history and and that sort of stuff. But also some problems that I had with it as a film, yeah, as and as a musical, and a whole lot of other layers. But it's enjoyable, um, and the songs are good, and it goes pretty quick. <laughs> it's mm. like two hours and twenty minutes long, and it goes pretty fast. So it's an hour and forty five. Is it? Yep. That makes more sense. I looked up the runtime before I went to see it last night and it said two hours and 20 minutes. Maybe there's another movie called The Greatest Showman. Yeah, I don't know. It's just in front of me and it says an hour 45. That makes more sense because I was like, that's that didn't seem like two and a bit mm. hours. No. it's um, um, Yeah, I, I agree. I had lots of fun watching this and it is a fun watch. Uh, I, like, Wikipedia level had a look at what P.T. Barnum was really like and it is very – it's not – it's not really based on him at all, mm. although there are some aspects which this movie, even this movie can't gloss over of P.T. Barnum's life that were particularly unpleasant. Um, but basically, the uh, P.T. Barnum had a wife with the same name as Michelle Williams' character, Charity, and he had daughters with the same names as the daughters in mm-hmm. this film. But almost nothing else is yeah. actual representation of there was a really a soprano called jenny lind and he did really bring her out to the states and send her on he no he started in um like the building and stuff right and you know as a museum of curiosities and there's there's bits like that but and the tom thumb was real and they really did go to see queen victoria and most of those guys were real um the um zendaya and and zach efron weren't but um the other guys the dog face boy and tom thumb and and the bearded lady and stuff Mm -hmm. are all based on real people yeah like as a film i had a really good time i thought the choreography in particular was excellent the music was was good keela settle is the standout one of, of the, the singers zach efron probably comes after her and then zendaya and then hugh jackman a little bit down the way although his final song is really good um i think he's fine with the singing it's just that it's not really focused on him doing a lot of like mm. traditional kind of singing there's a lot of um transitioning in and out of spoken word for him yeah and a lot more of it is like I show me didn't love the songs as much as you did i found them there were a couple of bits in particular which we'll get into when we get into spoilers but there were a couple of bits in particular that i found just didn't quite suit or gave a weird vibe what Um, i thought about this movie with the songs is they all kind of um they all have the same build to them right and they're all built like the big um, inspiring song in a musical and there's not a lot of songs that have any other kind of flavor to them and I think that's what they were trying to do 
Like, because I know that the um, guys who wrote the songs are perfectly capable of doing a bunch of other stuff. Um, so clearly that's what the movie is going for and what mm. it wants to do with each of these things. But it means that you get that big inspiring moment over and over and over again. He keeps hitting that same hammer on the yeah. that same nail and it just like, oh, can we do something different this time, mm. please? Yeah. So that frustrated me. But yeah. I don't. So I, I feel like each individual song is quite good. Mm, and it's I, just the fact that they all yeah. kind of are similar. And, and like I said, I had a lot of fun watching this. There's a bit that I don't think is resolved properly. Again, we'll get into when we get into spoilers. But yes, I think it's a fun movie. And like you said, this it's a good sort of family one. You can yeah. probably take sort of you know, upper primary age kids and up along with you and you'll have lots of fun and they'll want to dance afterwards and that's really cute. And then have a conversation about exploitation. Yeah. Um, and it, well, <laughs> yes. And then, and that's part of the stuff that even this film can't fully gloss over, but there is a fair bit of glossing over done in mm. the treatment of people with disabilities that, um, and the way he treats his cast. Yes. And again, we should probably stop at this point and we're I don't know, I probably don't think going to. I any sp- of that's too spoilery. No, I, I mean, the- and, and most of that is just like fact, yeah. you know, like actual things that, that happen in, in the real world. But we will probably stop now and get on to the spoilers. So if you are going to see this, maybe pause the podcast now and come back when you have. Yeah, I mean, look, the that was one of my biggest problems with this movie and I think it is something they were trying to do. Like it seems very much like they were trying to make those songs all mm. quite inspirational so that they can all be anthems on their own and so that one the, of them might take off. Right. And the biggest problem I had is the Rebecca Ferguson, Jenny Lynn. Oh, my, me too. Because she's meant to be a soprano. So firstly, either hire a soprano or give or voice double a soprano in for Rebecca Ferguson. They did Ferguson. voice double her anyway. But – Make a freaking song for a soprano. Like it was so, um, it was so cognitively, it confused me because she's introduced as the great soprano and then she, the one big number that she has, she's doing a A rock song essentially. She's doing a, a a show, yeah, a show tune kind of thing or a, a ballad. And it just, it sounds weird, and like I get they wanted to hire Rebecca Ferguson because she actually no, is Swedish no. or whatever. They, but she, she can't sing. She didn't sing those songs herself. It's somebody called Lauren Allred. She didn't sing, so, so they could hire anybody. What, so they could, they should have hired an actual soprano to sing those. Well, no, or, because, no sorry, should have hired a soprano and written and, a song for a soprano you, is the problem. You, you could even use a freaking aria. There's probably heaps that are out of copyright that you wouldn't even need to pay for that you could put into this thing. Get some famous aria. <laughs> They're not going to do that anyway. because they have to, I mean. But like write a song for her that's appropriate to the character we've been introduced to. Right. Otherwise it just doesn't make sense. To me, well, that's the thing is none of these songs are, are remotely accurate to I, I to me i just right, accepted fun, really quickly but the but the fun all the cast or the dance or the uh, zakins and day are doing that amazing aerial routine yeah like but that that's fine though that makes sense in the context of no the, that no cast it, but that's the thing it doesn't because none of them are i mean they wouldn't the the songs are not period accurate at all no right, right, none of them right are. Yeah. right so the thing is for me i just sort of went you know how in A Knight's Tale they used modern music and it's set – right. So, yep. my – I just immediately went, this is what they're doing. This is all representational. So, they're trying to show you what it would – the the stuff that's – they're trying to show you what the audience feels like when they hear these things yep. instead of giving you the songs that they would be right. listening but to. But the problem with Jenny Lind is that it doesn't make sense – like. Even the way she, the way she's presented versus how the audience feel, like it, 
there's a it's a real mishmash. Like we aren't used we we're used to going along to a show where people do like a chorus dance or whatever, or where the big the diva does the big number in the middle or whatever. But we're not quite used to one single person standing on a stage with an orchestra doing a singing piece unless it's actually a classical kind of singing. And True. That was – and so it all it – all, and I get that because the circus stuff absolutely makes sense like that. But with her, it just – there was too – it was too much like cognitive dissonance going on okay. for that scene for me. But, I understand it but yeah. that's still not the point that I was making. Like I, I think that that's trying to show it, – it's not um, – it, it's doing two things. It's showing you her – like it's representing what she's actually feeling rather than what she's singing. Yeah, yeah. And secondly, it's giving you a sense of um, like what they're trying to do is appeal to like young people and things like that the way that she appealed to the audience then. So it's not about what we're used to seeing. It's about like the song that she's singing is meant to make – the current audience feel the way that they felt seeing her then. Right. But which this, they don't – we have different what, – What I have trouble with is though there's no difference between her supposed high art and the popular yes, democratic – Yes, I agree with that. – of the people art that we see in the circus. Yeah. And that's a big problem because she's supposed to be a different art form and that's fine but you have to actually make her a different art form and they don't – I don't think successfully do that. No, she's I too much so. like – what we've seen in the circus and also just after she performs we get Keila Settle doing her big number and it just blows everything else away and there's a reason that's what runs over the credits. Yes, there's a reason. And there's and a Zac Efron piece runs over the credits too because he's the second best singer in the in the cast. Uh, I know. I think the singer who they dubbed in for um, Rebecca Ferguson was amazing. Right. but they, She was yeah. amazing. She just isn't in the cast. Yes. And I pre- Sorry, yes, of the people who were – Sorry, I, I meant the people who were doing their own singing. What I didn't makes even me crazy think to is, count Rebecca Ferguson's voice double. That's probably a bit rude, but yeah. What makes me crazy is this this girl who the real one is gorgeous. Mm, so they could have cast, and she's also probably Swedish. But she even kind of looks like Rebecca Ferguson. Like mm. the fact that they cast, she's not even that good an actress. I no. don't understand the Rebecca Ferguson obsession. It's like somebody's pushing her on us, and yeah. like. She's not that – it's not a good role. The real Jenny Lind was the person that they said she was. She was a very mm. generous, kind person. Mm. And this movie makes her out to be awful. Oh, uh, uh, P.T. Barnum's reputation comes out of this quite well. But poor Jenny Lind, who did not deserve any of this. The movie basically imp- makes her out to be this terrible person who's hitting on Barnum and because he doesn't want to leave his wife, then she cancels her concert tour, which is firstly not what happened at all. Mm. And secondly, really shits on the reputation of this amazing woman who was an incredible woman who gave away most of her money to help support young people to learn music. Yeah, and she was – and she – I mean, the character is is just, you know, a, a seductress, a, mm. you know, a um, succubus. It's awful. And it's it's just really frustrating because they want to put her in opposition to Michelle Williams when you're like – why couldn't you just do the real thing and like it's it's just as effective a fall for him because she left because she was tired of him relentlessly promoting her mm. right which makes perfect sense and, because and it also reflects the conflict that he has going on with his cast which also this is a bit that I think is never properly resolved right. and the people who are in his show is that that he was exploitative and yes. he didn't listen to his performers and he didn't treat them well yeah and that's why they cast Rebecca Ferguson because she looks a little bit like you can't trust her. Mm. And like, but she's not, 
she's not talented enough. She can't sing, so don't do it. And then, like, you know, she isn't even that good an actress. At least with Emma Stone, she's a great actress. Mm. But Rebecca Ferguson was really wrong for that role. Mm. And my filmmaking problems, like, I, I accept the stuff that they tried to do to make it appeal I, I, I understand what they were trying to do, right? Mm. They were trying to give it that kind of universal appeal. Um, I don't – I prefer it when they just hire talented people and mm. write good songs, but whatever. And and I don't like that they d- did a lot of dance double stuff. Yeah, um, the, the, the Michelle Williams bit early on, it's a really great bit of choreography, but it's clearly not Michelle Williams. Yes. Um, she's – like, I think she does her own singing. She does. Though. It sounds she's, very much but like But she's her. a decent singer. She did a Marilyn Monroe movie, so she we know she can sing. Yeah. But the dancing doesn't look even remotely like her. It looks like Hugh Jackman. I'm pretty sure he did his own dancing. and he's, he's Not a, all of it, I don't he's think. He's a pretty strong dancer. But he, well, I mean, he's 49. <laughs> but he also is – he did a lot of his – he did more, a lot more of his own. There's, he's yeah. got a way of moving that you can tell it's him. Yeah. But you can tell it's not her. Yeah. And it's like, well – she doesn't. Even, you, she doesn't even look like her. So, the girl that that's hmm. doubling her is like very skinny, and I mean, I was I was like, you could find a dancer who looks more like Michelle Williams mm. and has the similar the the height difference was different as well. Was yeah. wrong as well. Yes, it um, great. I, I got frustrated with that too. Yeah, but that's I the mean, thing. I don't <laughs> like doubling in. Yeah, I I I want to see if I'm going to see a musical. I want to see them do it i want to see them singing and dancing and like i want to see people who are multi-talented and that well that was the half the appeal of this movie of 90 percent of the appeal the main reason i was excited about this movie is zach efron and hugh jackman known musical theater performers were doing an actual musical yes i want to watch them sing i like that um their that number together was fantastic yeah. i like too. that hugh jackman's singing isn't perfect i like that mm. i can hear that i like that it looks i can see them dancing I like that for the most part they are doing the dancing and yeah. doing the singing themselves. That's yeah, that is the whole point of going along. Like yeah. is that, that you see these people do this stuff and in some cases it means pushing themselves out of their comfort zone like Michelle Williams. And that's great. But the thing is even Michelle Williams is better well um <laughs> I'll stop talking about La La Land after this, but even Michelle Williams is better than either of them in La La Land. Yeah. Um and yep. her her voice is very it's pretty thin, but it's pretty and she hits all the and notes. Yes, and she can um, cope with it and they give her her big number is one that is designed to suit her. Yes. Um, and she's able to, well, to carry it off quite nicely. See, I don't think that, um, with the exception of maybe Hugh Jackman, I don't think these roles were written for the parts that are in them. Maybe Zac Efron, but maybe yeah. not. Because that's a fairly, um, that's a part that lots of people could play. Right. Um, you could put any number of young Broadway <laughs> but oh, yeah, Grant yeah. Gustin or Jeremy Jordan in that role and they would also be great. Yeah. I love seeing Zach. Don't get me wrong. I love seeing Zach Efron I'm, do musicals. Yeah, and I'm so excited to see him not doing the douche bro thing that he's been doing for the last yeah, few years. And I, I got, got to spend a bit of time in this thinking about why I didn't recognize him in The Disaster Artist because he does look a bit different. Like he's got steroid jaw now. Yeah. But like he's still amazing. He's still got that singing ability. He's still um, got the dancing ability that, that made him famous in the first place. And it's so nice to see him doing it again. Well, the thing is, yeah, <laughs> there was some irony in watching this and, and, um, because he did try and go, um, legit for a while and try to do serious dramas. And then he went mm. into like, you know, crowd pleasing comedies. And now he's back to musical theater again, musicals again, because that's what he's good at. Yeah. He's so good. Um, and but the he thing is, he didn't have, have to have the steroids. If he did no. the musicals. Uh, and he and Hugh Jackman have such wonderful chemistry. Yes. The romance between those two 
is just this beautiful like through line. I actually thought all the chemistry was good in those main characters. Yes, and uh, but he also has chemistry with Zendaya, yeah. and also Hugh Jackman and Michelle Williams work really well together. That, Even though I, that surprised me, I didn't I think know. that would work, and it worked really well. Uh, Sometimes she went a little too simpering for me, but um, mm. that kind of resolved itself in the second half of the movie. Yeah, um, and like yes, they are both children together, and then they grow up to have a fifteen-year age gap, but <laughs> they were good together. Is she really? Maybe not How fifteen. She? She'd be. She's like our age, or maybe a couple of years older than us. So maybe like a twelve-year age gap. Hmm. Yeah, that reminded me of um, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah, where Robert Downey Jr. and and um, Michelle, Michelle Monaghan. Thank you. <laughs> are the same it's, age as children, and then ten yeah. years apart as adults. Ten yeah. years. I think they had more than that. Yeah, it was the Michelle thing because I'm like Michelle. Oh damn, Williams. No. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know who she is. Yeah. They they don't. No. Michelle look, Monaghan's forty-one, which would make her about ten years younger than Robert Downey Jr. Still though, um, that the of the highlight I think for me though was that that um, Zach Zendaya trapeze rope scene. I liked that. I really liked the um, the the one song as well that doesn't sound like all the other ones is the Zac Efron and Hugh Jackman one. Oh yes, that has a very different point to make and a very different kind of feel and a very yeah. different and and watching them dance together was great. Oh my god. Um, really it's great. The, the blocking on that scene also was really great. They did it in a set. They didn't have the need for a lot of like CG like they did in some of the other scenes. Mm. I think there was some CG in the, the Zac Efron Zendaya scene. Mm. Oh, s- I feel like there must have been because yeah. just the way, the, I mean, the, the level of stunt involved in that would have been, there would have been some necessary CG, at least to CG out the wires. Yeah. And obviously the stunt double sort of stuff. And uh, but yeah, that was that was a really really great scene as well, and um, I liked the "This Is Me" scene, the Keila Settle one. Oh yeah, because um, that that's the only so time that that inspiration bit feels earned. Yeah, um, and that bit, and th- this is why I'm sad that they didn't properly resolve the thing with the cast. Like the cast are really pissed off at him because he's run off with this opera singer and is doing this whole other thing. He's left Zac Efron to run things. Their numbers are down. Things aren't going so well. They really need Barnum back at mm. the cast and. Not only is he embarrassed about his origins, he's embarrassed about them for their disabilities as well, and he hides them up the back of his mm. of the concert hall. And the fire happens, and everything is forgiven, and they start again in a big tent. But we don't actually see the cast go through the process of forgiving Barnum. Like there is no, no resolution to that. And I think, and they've done it because they've wanted to skate over the bad treatment of people with disabilities, but. They actually need that. There, there needs to be that resolution. There is a. I mean, there, there is some. He does save Zac Efron and carries him out of the burning building in the most glorious <laughs> romantic scene of the film. But yeah, there's some complexity with the sort of freak show thing mm. because that was their only source of income, mm. and it did give them opportunities to have an income and have yeah like and and perform and things like that but also it's terrible right it, and and that that's and that is the film gets into that a little bit like in that era in that time it allowed people with disabilities to be you know out in the world being themselves right and being rewarded for being themselves but in a modern disability context that is exploitative that is but it um, is exploited even then it was exploitative yeah. it's just that it's also complicated right and now um, and there's a lot more opportunity now um if you do have a disability to just live a normal life rather than like 
you know, your only opportunities are playing Santa's elves or whatever. Well, the funny thing also about that is, I mean, Keela Settle could just shave, right? Like everybody else could shave. Men right. could shave. Yeah, she that was... should have shaved it off. Yeah. Bearded ladies did that, like grew out their beards to do that. Yeah. They could easily just not be bearded ladies. That was interesting, yeah. Whereas like the others who have you know, dwarfism or conjoined twins or whatever, they didn't have as many options. They couldn't just yes. hide their disability or their condition. Um, and there's an albino girl in it as well mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So there's also Alex Wong is one of the dancers who was from So You Think You Can Dance. Yeah. And also I think a couple of other movies we've seen. He was in Newsies, Alex yeah. Wong. Um, I was looking for people that I recognize in like the mm. background and stuff. Um, I didn't recognize many, but there were a couple. Mm. I knew Keela Settle from um, Waitress, the musical. She's been doing quite well recently. And that's mm. nice. I think she's brilliant. Um, I think she got a bit screamy in this a couple of times, but that's what they wanted her to do, obviously. So Right. And I I just – she was so gorgeous. Like, she had these yes. amazing costumes. And, of course, like, they, they did really make use of her big Broadway voice. Yeah, but that's the thing is that her performance of This Is Me, the – genuine kind that that felt very real mm, um mm. some of the other ones felt a little glossy mm. i think is she um, a new zealander sorry keila settle she just looks no like i'm pretty sure be. she's american oh okay but yeah uh like the zach and zendaya number was gorgeous but mm. it felt a little glossier like it yeah. didn't feel quite as honest well um, and, it, the, and it, the, the the um reprise when Zendaya's at his bedside was a lot felt a lot more honest. That was yeah. great. I love that. That was really good. I mean, and Zendaya is fantastic. She um, is. And she's very like she's very attention drawing of where whatever scene she's in. Yeah. But it is possible as much as I love that scene between the two of them, it's it is very like almost trying too hard, but to do too much in that scene. Whereas um it's, it's like it's she's too much to show off the the choreography or the CG or the or the the rope choreography yeah. as it is about using the dance to tell the story of the two of them. Yeah. I think it just didn't emotionally connect as much with me. Um, this is me and was very emotional. Um, it had mm. a very good emotional weight to it. Yeah. Um, and even like that other number, which is, I think my favorite is the Hugh Jackman, Zac Efron number that had a lot of emotional weight to it. Yeah. And they'd only just set him up as a character but like it was so clearly laid out. And and one of the really nice things about that number as well is that it is a number that works for the plot at that point. Mm. This is me doesn't quite do that. They they kind of push it in there. It could be almost anywhere. Well, which is again why the whole like that storyline isn't really resolved. It just need they needed to put that number somewhere. Yes. And they put it there. And it meant what it led to is the storyline kind of not working as well as it could. Well, see, that to me should be this is the thing about this movie is that to me should be the big inspirational number closing of act one sort of an idea. Mm. It shouldn't come immediately after another number that also sounds like builds to the same kind of inspirational mm. moment, although there's a kind of desperation to that Jenny Lynn song. And this is, that's why I think like each of the songs is actually quite good um, if you take them in individual pieces. Yeah, yeah. But they all have that same build to them. They all kind of start small and get big, which is um, – a bit frustrating to me, but the 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 Hugh Jackman and um, Zac Efron number doesn't do that. It's more of a kind of a frantic kind of pacing. It's more the kind of number you see in Act One of a musical. Yeah, and it's it's really uh, clever and it's really cleverly done. And the the use of the scene is the use of the space is really good. Mm. Um, but there's an emotional weight to it because 
those two kind of know where they are in the story and know what they're doing. And there's a, um, we're, it's tense because we're awaiting the outcome of it. Mm. Even though we kind of know what it's going to be, we want to know, like, there's a, there's stakes involved in that song. This, he's still, like, the, when that song starts, he has in no way convinced Zach to join him. Yeah. And he needs to use the song to do that. Like, it's proper musical storytelling. Exactly. The song, yeah, the song has a purpose. Mm. Whereas with the Zach Zendaya number, he tries to convince her and then he doesn't at the end, but it doesn't have that same energy to it. Mm. And it doesn't quite seem – do you know what it reminds me of is um, in Moulin Rouge – Hmm. The Ewan McGregor and Nicole Kidman, the um, love medley. Yeah, yeah. But that was better. But that's got the same kind of dizzying, they're chasing each other kind yeah. of thing. And, and she's rejecting him, yeah. Yeah. Also, same kind of height difference, which I did like in this movie, that mm-hmm. Zendaya is taller than Zac Efron and remains that way through the whole movie. And they never put him on an on a apple crate or make him any taller. They just, you know, she is just taller. Are, yeah. I like that. You know, it's more subtle version of the whole acceptance thing than yeah. the race stuff, but it's interesting. Yeah, it anyway, is. Anyway, I think it's interesting that Zac Efron seemed to not mind being, you know, the shorter man on the set and stuff like that. It's no. interesting. No, not, uh, not at all. I, I th- there was a point at, at which I sort of thought to myself, Zac Efron, Hollywood power bottom, because <laughs> there's well, because he had that um, – I didn't see Baywatch, but he, he, he paired up with a few, like, more powerful – movie star men who are older than him yeah in recent things and i was sort of like he doesn't not only does he not seem to mind it it seems to work really well for him yeah like he kind of can build a good chemistry there yeah like again i, I think he's leaning into his strengths here which is good he should yeah this is his strengths and he was really good in this yeah um he was really like the role was not actually that interesting but he made it work pretty well and his not that whenever he was involved in a, in a number it worked you know mm. um I don't think the movie really needed for the for Barnum to pass off onto him the, the mantle. That was not Literally, necessary. Yeah. Hand him the mantle was not necessary, I don't think. I, I, I get that they wanted to be like, oh, yes, he wants to go and spend more time with his family. Yeah, um, but, but they could show that without it being like his whole rest of his life. He could yeah. just do it sometimes and still make sense. Yes. It would still make sense. Like that's, that was unnecessary to me. Yeah, and I got really frustrated with that Jenny Lynn stuff in the middle. I, I actually quite like the portrayal of the marriage with Charity and her as a person. She mm. has clear agency and motivation and, mm-hmm. and what she is getting out of everything is clear as well because a lot of the time it's like, oh, the supportive wife who's just, you know, mm, always there for him and it's everything. It's not at all that. She was supportive but uh, when he goes off on his own and makes decisions without her, she's – legitimately and understandably mad at him which is and she walks out and she's no this is we we're a team we don't do this right which makes the jenny lynn thing pointless because she didn't care about that so really it served no purpose in the movie um apart from to make jenny lynn look bad like it Mm. really doesn't have any other purpose because michelle williams is not mad about him uh, about the staged kiss she's mad that he um spent all the money and didn't tell yeah and that was the thing like she's like secure enough in her marriage vows that she knows that he's going to come back to her. What she dislikes is the lying and the covering up about money. Yeah. Because, which is well established, she's come from this wealthy family. He didn't. They've had to really work for everything they got. They were, you know, she's been an integral part of actually him being able to do these, this entrepreneurial stuff. Yeah. Their whole life together. Right. And that's the thing is that she doesn't, 
she wants to be a part of it. She doesn't care about the like the money and all that sort of no, stuff. She, she wants to be a part of his dreams and because stuff. Because he's why exciting she likes and it's exciting to be with a dreamer. And yeah. A, yeah. And that's what she's getting out of the marriage. So, and she is one too. I mean, mm. she, you know, has some ideas and she also um, keeps the kids entertained in, you know, yeah, particularly imaginative ways and, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So and she's encar- really encouraging them to be creative as well. Yes. So it seems like she's somebody who struggles to, you know, have that herself, like mm. have all the dreams for herself. So she surrounds herself with creative people and is into that. And mm. It's interesting. It was just great. You know, she yeah. knows what she wants. And oh, she the, the has daughter that. who's a ballerina, by the way, it was like such excellent casting. She looked like she could be Michelle Williams's daughter. Yeah, the two kids they cast they as so the young good. Michelle the, the two kids they cast as young Michelle Williams and young Hugh Jackman looked nothing like no, her. No. But the little girl who was playing her daughter, the blonde one, not the other yes. one, was so much like the, her. The one the blonde one wasn't the ballerina. Was the um, other one. Was it? Was she the tree? Yeah. She's the tree. <laughs> that was the I loved one that of my bit. favorite part. I of the loved whole movie it. was when she was a tree and I cracked it. Yeah. That was yeah. just amazing. That was such a good sight gag. I loved it. Me too. I mean, the thing about this movie is that it's not like, once you break it down, it's not particularly good. Mm-hmm. But it's more about the kind of energy it's giving you and the experience the experience of it. And everybody's kind of performing their hearts out. And I thought Hugh Jackman did a good job of doing all the charismatic. Char- mm. It's great to see him leaning back into his first love musicals. Well, I'm sure that uh, his. I think his career path has been dictated by Wolverine for a long time. Mm, it has. And I. this is made by Fox. And I think um, my understanding is this is a bit of a passion project. It's been hanging yes. around for a while. And he was finally given enough time or was able to finish doing Wolverine stuff to actually get this done. Yeah. He did some of the choreo for it too, as well. That wouldn't surprise me. It's um, so good. And it's it, the choreo for him suits him. Yes. I don't think he did all of it. I don't mm. want to take away from the choreographers. No, movie, but he but did, he did his... assist with the choreography right, for the okay. movie. Um, oh, I, look, it wouldn't surprise me if he got this thing made. I believe yeah. he picked handpicked the director and all this other kind of stuff. The director is good, actually. I, there's things that I don't like, but I don't know how much that's the director. Because like I said, the blocking and the, the way that certain things are shot are really nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, when there's a big dance number, he doesn't cut unnecessarily. We get to see the dancing. You know, that sort of stuff is stuff I appreciate in a musical. Mm-hmm. Um, and he seems to make a lot of use of some things that maybe weren't the easiest things to work with. Mm. My dad saw this and he was like, I don't know where they put $84 million into this movie. I was like, are you kidding? <laughs> Oh, I can see it. Yeah, like I, it, actually, this again. This is another one like um, that we just talked about in the last episode, but also we've talked about before um, with um, the Dickens one and the um, man who invented yeah, and, Christmas. Yeah, and the Orient and, Express. It's all very like you can see the money on screen because this is all contained in like studios and sets. Mm. And like you said earlier, there's not there is CG in this, but it's a lot of it is set. Like a lot of it is, do they build the sets? Yeah, to do it on. So um, that and that's where the money goes. It goes yeah. into the sets. It also goes into like this has a lot more intense pre-production than a lot of other movies that are just kind of period dramas. The amount of time they must have spent on the dancing rehearsals alone, right? And and getting everybody you know prepared, getting the songs down and yeah. recording the songs and all that sort of stuff. Yep, that's. Yep. And the the writing of the songs and yeah, yeah all that so all that stuff I mean musicals were expensive to make yeah which is why they aren't like they sort of they came and went like they, when they were popular 
that was because they had, you know, the sets ready to go and they just reused yeah. them from musical to musical. And these days, obviously, they don't have that. And, and they had a team of people all ready to go who knew mm. how to write songs and knew how to do the choreo and knew how to direct a musical and all that. That's right. They had and there's not as many people who rep- can do all basically that Basically, repertory companies in the studio system. Like, that's yeah. how it worked. But they don't have that anymore. Which is a shame because I love these. I love musicals and the ones that we got this year and last year have been slightly disappointing. Um, yeah. I just want a really good one. Like I, the last really good one that I can remember seeing is Hairspray, which was like 2008 or 2007. Six? Yeah, I think. Seven. I'm so bad. A long time ago anyway. Yeah. I, I, oh, no, wait. Chicago was before that? Chicago was 2002. Yeah. It's just kind of, I mean, we don't get, we get one musical a year. If that. I think, yeah, more or less one musical a year. Mm. And so the one that we get has got to be really good. They've got to do a really good job of it. Um, <laughs> yeah. For me, personally, just yes. do a better job for me personally, Hollywood. $84 make million a, dollars on Katie. Yeah, make a, make a musical. I mean, the, for the most part, this one did pretty well. Like mm. there was only a little bit of, you know, replacement of people for dancing. and um, Yeah, and it also it gives a lot of old school fun. Like you say, it's like a good sort of family movie. Yeah, but that – gosh, the – yeah, the treatment of people with disabilities. It's interesting too mm. because the, there's a lot of people who have disabilities who did choose to be in this. Mm. Or some of them aren't even disabilities. They're just different, like a really tall guy yeah, or a fat guy. Right. <laughs> that's uh, that, And that's another thing. The but fat they, guy sight gag was irritating to me. Mm. Like that's his only like character point. <laughs> Whereas at least the Tom Thumb character had like – um. He was funny. That was yeah. his thing was that he was funny. So who played the queen in this, by the way? Oh, God. She I looked so familiar. And I yeah, I can't, I can't remember. The, but Tom Thumb was a, is um, an Australian actor and he is actually yes. 22, even though he's got this baby face. And Asian as well. Um, from a distance, I was like, oh, she looks a bit like like the, the Jenna, um, Jenna Doctor Who, what's that actress? Jenna, Jenna Coleman, Coleman, era Victoria, who, was, who played her on TV. But I wasn't somebody I recognised who played the queen. Okay, she just looked familiar to me. I'm just going to look it up. Mm-hmm. We should probably wrap it up though. Yes. I love Zendaya's um, cotton candy hair. Yeah, it was cool. I liked the costumes. They weren't at all period appropriate, but I liked them. They no, were but they were fun. Shiny. Um, Hers especially. She looked amazing. Oh, yeah. Actually, Rebecca Ferguson's were good too, but I just don't I don't want any more. Oh, both of the girls are blonde. The, I oh, think the one's just blonder. One looked really blonde and also like Michelle Williams. So I just don't, I don't want them to keep trying to make – um, Rebecca Ferguson, a thing. Mm. I'm over her. I don't want to see her in any more movies. Thank you. <laughs> I'm done with Rebecca Ferguson. <laughs> I was also concerned that Queen Victoria, Gail Rankin. I have seen her in some. Oh, she's in Glow. Right. Okay. Yeah. I was also slightly concerned. Like I thought, um, ballerinas didn't start dancing on point until they were like 12 or 13. Like there's a point you got to keep growing to a certain level, and those little kids were like Shh. eight. No, she could be 12. Okay, I'll, I'll take. Your word um, for it. She looked very But young. also, um, it's probably not the same then. No, oh, probably not. They're, they're probably dancing now. Um, I don't exploit. know. I think that girl could – hang on. She was Caroline, wasn't she? Yes. Helen was the – she's 11, so, yeah. Okay, right. Yeah. Yeah, they looked about a couple of years apart and the old one looked about 11 oh, so or 12 I had trouble telling them apart in age. They looked they, – I knew they weren't twins because they would have made a point of it if they were, but I, yeah, wouldn't have known. Um. Anyway, yes, sorry, we were going to wrap up. So what are you going to give it? Um, oh God, what am I going to give it? That's a good question. I know. I'm three stars. I'll say three stars. Yeah, I'm landing on three as well. It's fun and it's fine. It's, but there's also quite a bit that's kind of troubling in this movie. 
Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's probably it. I don't know. I mean, I it definitely does what it sets out to do. Yeah. Just don't know what it the what it sets out to do is all that great. But well as that, yes. I don't know. I mean, like I said, everybody that I know who's seen it really enjoyed it. Yes. My family all really enjoyed it. So it's got to be doing something yeah, and my really husband, well. the musical theatre fan, also enjoyed it. So, you know, it, it's definitely working for what it's doing. I just wish that they'd done a little more. It could have gone a little deeper yeah. and had a little – it been a little bit – like gone deep into the dark places yeah, a little more think, and still worked. I agree, And yes. I think it was trying too hard to gloss over those and be uplifting all the time. Mm. I mean, I did genuinely get chills like five times, but it's trying too hard to be uplifting all of the time. Yeah. I really did though. Like um, in This Is Me, I, it oh. comes in on her – and she does the quiet a bit and then it comes out and yeah. it's, oh, that. It's I just full body chills when so that happens. So good. Um, so good. All right. <laughs> all right. We'll wrap up now. Thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you would like to find show notes or old episodes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. If you want to find us on social media, we're at screen underscore queens on Twitter, facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens and tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com on Tumblr. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.